minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Let's jump right into it here with our guy behind the glass, Eddie Spaghetti, and coming to us from Hawaii. I guess he's doing it in reverse order. Usually you punctuate the end of football season with a trip over there. Hench is doing it differently. He's there in advance of football season. Either way, what's the poop with you, Kevin Hench? How are you? I'm good. You know, I just go where I'm told. I don't I don't cause a fuss. I just I and in fairness to the my the heiresses that I live with, they it had been almost two and a half weeks since our last trip. So I, I feel like they were entitled to a little break from the monotony of Los Angeles. <laughs> chaperoning your little ones and uh, the misses across the big blue marble. Um, you know, who else? Uh, heirs and heiresses. Tom Brady, his kin are set for life, and so too are their children and their children's children. Now the question is, what's Tom Brady doing right now? Is he on his way to Hawaii? It's unclear because it's Tom Brady, and of course, shame the devil if you would ruminate that it's something negative, but... In the middle of training camp, he's just off until until August 20th. This is bizarre stuff. And now it's immediately been explained away as like this was understood. Hey, he's a grown man. He's got to have he's got to have a, a work life balance. I mean, I, I, obviously, like no one else gets that. Where do you come down on this, Hench? You know how I feel. Uh, Michael Jordan doesn't have to play by the same rules as Will Purdue. I've, you know, I, I not, it's not just Practice, Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. It, it, Iverson. Yeah. It, sorry. I know we're all grown men, but this grown man gets special dispensation because he helps us win Super Bowls and you're on the punt coverage team. So, okay. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yes. Philosophically, I guess I'm, I got a little over my skis there. Yes. I am on board with treat your superstars differently than you do with the fringe roster guys. That's, that's fair. I don't think everybody needs to be treated uh, um, equally, but given the fact that he left new England and then went to Tampa, then tried to buy the dolphins and then retired and then came out of retirement and all that stuff. This, uh, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, are you a little worried? Because of course people don't go out of their way to denounce Brady, but this seems a little weird. Javert was less obsessed with Jean Valjean than you are with Tom Brady's movements. I mean, you really need to be in <laughs> fucking therapy. Like you wake up every day uh, and go. You like, don't think this Tom is Brady? weird? Where's Tom Brady? What do you think he's gonna he's gonna miss opening week? You, you think Maybe he's, gonna, he's not gonna know the he's not gonna know the playbook. He's gonna be well, unprepared. If um, yeah, unprepared. That's that's Tom Brady. He won't be ready to go. It's not a matter of if he's prepared, if he's playing. The issue is whether or not he might decide to just say, you know what, I had it right when I announced my retirement. Oh, the first okay, time. all right. Well, Tom Brady does as he pleases. He's earned the right. How beholden do you think he is to an organization when to one organization when he was trying to buy another one? I don't think he cares about the feelings that would be hurt in the Tampa St. Pete area, right? Well, I think Tom Brady, in a good way, is a narcissist who cares about Tom Brady. And the way that translates in sports is usually pretty good if your narcissistic goal is to win Super Bowls, then you want guys to be selfish. Um, but man, yes. shit, we got to have we got to have an intervention. 
I mean, I know, does, listen, Beth, this does isn't, Beth have to hear about Tom Brady all the time? I mean, it's do you not talk unique. about Tom Brady in your sleep? Listen, I mean, I, fancy pants in Hawaii, maybe it's still too early there. This is a big story. The face of the league is like, it's just in the middle of training camp. And it's fine that if, if he had arranged it with the team and like a, understood, I'm, I'm going to ghost you for a little while in August. I don't need to be there. I think I know how to get ready for a football season. Except, and they're like, yeah, of course we all knew about, nobody knew about it. The public wasn't made aware that this was going to happen. It's a little bit weird. And no, I don't think it's unique to Tom Brady. All, it's a recurring theme for me. And Eddie Spaghetti has heard me say it a million times. If you are not a, not a NFL QB, if you're one of the big time guys, I, I don't know what it is. It is impossible for these guys to just go away. It's got to involve some massive melodrama with every single one of them when they go off from Aaron Rodgers back to, to Brett Favre and everybody in between, or maybe, well, maybe, Tom Brady maybe he's in chapter. a cup. Maybe he's in couples counseling. Uh, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Who would you be? Maybe, rooting he's, for uh, maybe, maybe he and his immigrant wife are having political differences. It, they're it, trying it to, may w- <laughs> they're trying to hash it out in counseling. Or maybe he's making a run for side, the hills. The flip side of uh, of of the Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Island Iverson rules is we you know we made 194 episodes of Last Man Standing. Tim Allen does not miss work. He's never late. He's not late for the table read. He's not. And then as the show went on, other cast members were like, "Oh yeah, she's not going to be here for rehearsal because because she's making a movie," or uh, "We got to hold the table read." Because number two on the call sheet hit traffic. And it was just nuts. I'm like, I'm like, uh, Tim Allen is at practice. Tim Allen, Tim Allen is at work. And I mean, he there was one week where he was so fucking sick and he was still grinding through. And I'm like, well, I guess we all have to be at work because uh the Tom Brady of our ship is uh is clocking in every day. And I I mean that is obviously the ideal. You you want your your uh you're number one on the call sheet, number one on the on the roster to, to be at work. Um, but, uh, well, what's your speculation since you spend all day every day thinking about the guy? You're a weirdo. I that's absolutely not true. I, I wake I, I had no thoughts on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for this uh, upcoming preseason weekend until all of a sudden it's it's news that he is. And then he has his people who have to quickly jump. As, no, no, no. This was this was expected. Why did don't you think it's weird that the that the Buccaneers didn't announce it in advance? Oh yes, this was uh, this was always the plan yeah. for old man Tom to take some time off. Listen, it seems like if it was always the plan, obviously you would have announced it when the plan was hatched to avoid this very moment of then having to go. Oh yeah, it was always the plan. Uh, I like just how casually everybody lies, though. Okay, so that's we're my point. Lie. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. We're going to lie, and then you're going to print our lie, and then we'll all move on. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We have a uh, a full slate of uh, preseason games. Interest level for Kevin Hench. I've made it clear many times before it is a Civil War reenactment. I am not going to get duped into it because when you start watching preseason games, then it changes your opinion on teams, on players. Same effect with Hard Knocks. If you watch the premiere, all of a sudden, I'm sure I'm not alone. You get swept up in it and you think like, these Lions are going to be good. Then the other side of my brain says, um, okay, so... 
Dan Campbell gives rah-rah speeches and he and he clearly is a weightlifting dude and he's been there and the whole coaching staff is is ex-players and that's got to be good and create a good vibe with the current players and everything else. And then I think about, wonder what Kyle Shanahan's doing right now. I bet he's not doing up and downs or whatever the hell they call it with the players and that has no impact on what the scheme's going to be for the week one matchups. I... I I feel like everybody's getting a little bit too excited about betting the over on these Lions. Um, but I also think that people are about to indulge all this preseason football. I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? The backup QB is actually better than our starter. We should give him a look. How say you? What's the big storyline beyond Deshaun Watson? Or is well, that it's- the big weird one of him playing in a preseason game? And then that's his last game for the next year. Well, it's funny. I, you know, I, I never I never care about these Civil War reenactments, and I care even less when one of the major political parties in America is now having pushing a Civil War reenactment, not a reenactment, just just a, a redux of the original <laughs> Civil War. Like, Jesus Christ. Like uh, Romeo, like uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and yeah. Juliet. They just uh, brought it into modern know, times. Better than, you know, it's like, don't just defund the FBI, attack them, go to their offices. Like, it's fucking nuts. It's so crazy. I've never been so happy to to be off the mainland uh, as I am right now. But of, of course, uh, preseason's fool's gold, right? You can't, you can't really learn anything helpful, except, do you remember... And, and I don't know why I saw it, or maybe one of the teams was, was on Hard Knocks, but I, I'm sure you guys remember, obviously Spaghetti remembers, that Victor Cruz preseason game where you're like, that guy seems good. Like You're like, you're watching it, and you're being suckered in because you're like, oh, but is he going against the 11th string corner? I don't know, man. He really gets open. He seems fast, and, and he was nowhere in the plans or the depth chart, and then you're like, oh, yeah, he is an all-pro. So, so every hundredth time there is some relevant information to, to be gleaned. Obviously, the Deshaun thing is so insane. You know, we're in this, this crazy moment. Uh, it's, all, it's all crime and punishment, right? It's all, it's all Dostoevsky and Raskolnikov. Uh, what's the crime? What's the punishment? And so, you know, Deshaun has, has uh, gone into some pretty uncharted territory with his with his crimes in terms of like, OK, what what is that in terms of games missed? What, what How does that translate in our league to games missed? And then Sue Robinson goes at six games and Goodell goes or Goodell. We just go with Goodell. <laughs> Let's just go with Goodell. Just we should all disrespect that guy as as much as as the owner of the Broncos. Goodell goes, uh, no, no can do, Sue. Six is not enough. So we're just, you know, we're trying to figure it out. It's like, okay, there are like laws on the books and and fines uh, for inflating your property value to get a loan and then deflating your property value to pay taxes. Uh, Look, we all want our houses to be worth as much as possible until the property tax assessor comes. Then we want it to be assessed as a shack because nobody enjoys paying property taxes. So we all understand the crime of raising your va- raising the value of your assets to get a loan and then going, I don't have anything, Mr. Taxman. Pretty standard crime. And you know, we we'd all we all know what it, it there are laws and penalties when you get paid. The law, the crime of like 
heaving an angry mob against the Capitol. Like, wow, well, I don't know. What is the fucking I we are like what? Like people are scrambling through the Constitution and law books, like trying to figure out, OK, what's the punishment? So, too, with Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Bauer, like I like these poor leagues are like, I don't know. We don't have anything in the fucking baseball rule book or the, the NFL guidebook for these crimes. So, of course, it's nuts and seemingly counterproductive for Deshaun to play now. Like what? Right. Does, it's very towards cruel. Well, it's I think it's cruel legitimately towards um, towards Brown's fans. It's like you're dangling the Deshaun while dangling in front of uh, Deshaun. Bad. Uh, Poor choice. Bad. Anyway, um, you're going to run him out there. So you're going to see how good he is as a reminder of the the fact that you're not going to see him for at least another year, because that's where this thing certainly feels headed. Where do you come down? Cleveland Browns season win total, Hench, eight and a half. It's now got some juice attached to it if you want to go over it, plus 100, minus 120 if you go under. This seems like a gimme to take the under at eight and a half, right? They're in the division with the Ravens and Bengals. Just for karma. I mean, it's got to go under, right? It's got to go under. But to your Lions thing, your to your Lions fool's gold real quick, because, of course, I was also um, going in that direction. I said, what is this number? And then it was six and a half. And right. I was like, OK, are they going to win seven games? And then I looked at their schedule. That's how that's how deep into pulling the trigger I was on Lions over. And then I looked at their schedule and I was like, not, I mean, they do have the Seahawks. They do have the Giants. Sorry, Spaghetti. Uh, you know, they have a couple of, of, of I don't want to say cupcakes because there aren't really any in the NFL. But then they play the they play the AFC East, but also the Colts and the Jaguars. I mean, I can't really adjust to this seventeen game. You could you can play anybody. It's very hard for for this old man who 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 liked the sixteen games. Four, team, four games against that division in the other conference. It was very easy to understand, kind of like the 64-team field in, in March Madness. So I was looking at their schedule, and I was like, gosh, okay, that's probably a win. That's a lot. The Bears are going to be bad. Okay. Now they play the Jaguars. So let's say – so the Jags over under is six. So that game, Jags-Lions – become sort of the de facto over under, I think, for those two teams. So would you rather Jags over set over six? Do you think the Jags might go seven and ten or the Lions to go seven and ten? And as I looked at it, I really did feel like I felt myself moving toward Trevor Lawrence's, you know, career trajectory versus uh, you know, where, where we've been with, with where we are with the lions, uh, at QB. So I backed off, I backed off. I didn't, I didn't take the, uh, all the fun of everyone being in on the lions. Um, and I'm, mo- and I'm moving towards the Jags over six. And- I think, you know what? Don't say it too loud. Cause once okay. everybody gets in on it, there is a weird metaphysical thing that happens that if too many people start touting an underdog, because now we all understand that every year, some bum team, some cellar dweller rises up and improbably gets into the playoffs and probably wins a game or three once they're in there. And so everybody has to try to figure out which team it's going to be. The Lions are that team clearly this year. 
No one's talking about the Jags. Things set up nicely for them. If the Titans, if you buy that there is a little regression from that team, and I do, and I do think that I, I, I think the Colts. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think they are a legit. Are they the best team? No, but they still have a great shot at getting to the Super Bowl because I think they have uh, the inside track on getting the number one seed. But if Trevor Lawrence is everybody, I, I, I know I always point to like. QB player evaluation is clearly difficult. Look at how bad the people who do it for a living, they hit at a 60% hit rate when they're really, really great at doing it. But was everybody this wrong on Trevor Lawrence? It's not like he was like, well, he's the best quarterback in the class. It was for two years in advance of him being eligible in the draft. They're like, best prospect since Andrew Luck, who was the best prospect since John Elway. I don't think everybody could be that wrong about a kid at, uh, with Trevor Lawrence. So... Based on Joe Burrow's pop in his sophomore year, just in broad strokes, it stands to reason in a division with the Texans, the Titans are not world beaters. I think that they, the Jags have a great shot at doing it. I love talking about these games, not the preseason games, even though there's some fun matchups geographically and otherwise. What I hate, Hench, is in week one, and I don't want to complain too much because I'm excited about the return of football, but one axe I have to grind with Kamish Goodall and company is the schedule making. I, I have, I've been out in the desert. We've all been out in the desert for the last six months without football. We, we, we've had the, you know, same as I'm naked and afraid when they have to eat leaves to, to, to survive another day. Look, I watched some baseball. I'm not proud of it. You know, I, I watched uh, some, 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 you certainly, you certainly weren't entertained. You definitely no, were not indeed, entertained. No. I mean, sure, I got a chuckle out of the the uh, professional baseball player having his cell phone fly out in the middle of a game that actually counts and he was being paid for and everything else. But the chuckles aside, you know, I watched some atrocious second halves of NBA playoff games along the way. I did what I had to do and I would do it again because what I'm what I'm not just surviving for, what I'm living for is now. Football season is just about here. So beggars can't be choosers. But to that point, I don't give me any game. I don't if it counts in the standings. I don't the Lions and Patriots can play. I don't need intra-division games in week one. They're way too important. And same goes for college football, too. I do not like powerhouse teams playing in the first game of the season in something that is going to be when we look at the standings in in between Christmas and New Year's when we look at it and say like oh that week one loss hurts you shouldn't be playing games of that level of import as I say we've been out in the desert we're starving just give me crackers I don't I don't need surf and turf in week one god you're all over the map so you're like Spare me the Civil War reenactments. I get. Right. Let's get to the real thing. Let's get to the good stuff. And they go, okay, here you go. Marquee matchup. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Not marquee. Not, we don't want a marquee matchup week one. We just want a like, cracker. Well, 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 why, why are the Steelers and Bengals playing in week one? That's way too big a game. That's why, well, I don't know if the nation will consider it as much. <laughs> well, here's a big one for you. And and, okay. and you know what? I'm going to jump right over. And by the way, to promote the, the show earlier in the week, a great episode with Nick Costos, a New York fan supreme. He's down kind of sort on the gents. He's down on the Yankees. As a, a quick detour to ask you your opinion on this, uh, Sal, because I asked it to Rob Parker on Extra Points, big baseball guy himself. You're a Red Sox guy, of course. What 
who would you root for or who do you hate less, the Astros or the Yankees? I'm a Red Sox fan. What kind of question is that? Like, well, I don't know. Who do you I hate? Mean, I mean, let me, let me put it this way. Because of Cora? You... When, when the Red Sox uh, gave Christian Vasquez to the Astros, I was all for it. Uh, for for two guys that I like, as I'm tracking their minor league careers, I go, oh, okay, these guys are never going to be, con- you know, contribute on the big league level, but it's okay because we helped the Astros. Like it was such an obvious fuck you to the Yankees, which I approve of. So as evil as the Astros are, and by the way, by the way, are we? You know, it's like uh, it, the Justin Verlander, not just fountain of youth, but also like. He's arms been rebuilt. Like it's so crazy what he's doing, and 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 those two teams. And I think the Judge Verlander MVP race is 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 going to be interesting in September. But obviously, I hate the Yankees so much that I would happily root for the cheaters Altuve and Bregman on the Astros against the Yankees, which just shows how pathological I am about that. But I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm even going to have to worry about that. I don't know if the Yankees are going to get to the ALCS. The Yankees have had a worse record uh, this summer than like the Royals and the Diamondbacks. Um, the Mets are the best team in New York. I mean, they've passed the Yankees in the standings. Uh, the Astros have passed the Yankees in the standings. So it's very weird how well built the Yankees seem to be for the regular season. But I thought that Montgomery trade was weird. I don't. Do they think they have a ton of starting pitching depth? Because you know, Cole, like last I checked, had a 3.56 ERA. Severino had just been moved to the 60-day DL. Like, I don't know who they're running out there that they're so certain that they have all the starting pitching they need that they can ship Montgomery for their for a fifth outfielder. I don't like they've got so many outfielders. Obviously, they desperately don't want Aaron Hicks to be playing at all. But uh, let's let's defer to Spaghetti, who follows this so closely. What what are your thoughts on the on the I, evil? Empire? I'll say this. I, I, I let me interrupt before You're spaghetti, spaghetti jumps in. I want to hear spaghetti's thoughts too. We were talking about it uh, a couple of days ago on the aforementioned uh, episode with Nick Costos, and I do want to give him a bite at the apple here. Um, first of all, uh, it's it's crazy. Aaron Judge is now minus five fifty in the MVP chase. Otani is plus four forty. Verlander, I don't even see his name showing up, getting odds in that one. It is nice that uh, I, it does make sense. You would cheer for the Astros given their their cheating ways. So you you rooted for the Patriots, so there's a spiritual alignment there um, for you. But uh, the one thing I'll say is, and Spaghetti said, like, and I think he's I, I think he's right. He said a couple of days ago, and he's going to say it again now. Is Settle down. It's August. The Yankees are firmly in the playoffs. They're going to win the division. So these games aren't terribly important. What I always think about, the two examples off the top of my head, are the 84 Tigers and the 90 Reds. They got so far out in front that the games cease to matter to them. The, 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 the regular season is over for the Yankees. Who cares if they're winning and losing? Spaghetti, take it from there. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, if they they got so far ahead that they're kind of in cruise control and if this kind of weird losing streak stretch happened in May going into June, we wouldn't be talking about it, but it happens now. So people think it has more. I mean, it's a regular season game. The wins and losses count 
for exactly the same. And if they go into the playoffs and they go maybe sweep their first round game where they beat the Astros, nobody's going to be like, well, hey, you remember heading into August when they struggled? Uh, it's a concern. I mean, Montgomery hasn't been great for them as of recent uh, times. And if they get Severino back for the playoffs, having a pitching staff uh, of Cole, Montas, Nesta Cortez, and you throw back Severino, I mean, they have enough arms there. The bullpen got bolstered this deadline. It's going to be it's going to be OK. Uh, you know, also, they've been they've been missing John Carl Stan for a stretch, too. They just got Rizzo back like they had some injuries. It's bound to happen in a long season. I'm I'm staying pretty cool, calm, collected here. I'm not going to go crazy about uh, regular season baseball from July into August. I know the nice thing about regular season baseball is once football starts, we forget it's even happening. Like I like September. You're like, I don't like, why was I so worried? Football's here. Let me interrupt. We're getting a quick break. Hey, I don't know what made me think of this, but this is a good theory. I want you to get your guys' thoughts on it. Okay. Brady's just having his normal, you know, preparation for the season, right? Then he reads about Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca experience. And he's like, motherfucker, uh, I, that's one advantage I don't have. Where's Brady? He's in the Sonoran Desert. He's going for the toad. He's going to lick the toad because he needs an advantage over Roger. So he's either in Oaxaca doing psilocybin or he's doing the toad in the Sonoran Desert. I, good theory. I, I, he's going to come back with his mind open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much Julio Jones his hair might out. not be open, but Tom Brady's mind is going to be blown wide open. <laughs> I know that's a good question. Who would I rather try ayahuasca with, Brady or Rogers? That's a debate. I'm t- now if I expand it to 32 guys, I don't know who would be at the top of the list or or near the bottom. Which would be the crazier irony, though, because the rumor is now that it it. it seems inevitable that uh, Watson's going to get shut down for um, 12 games at minimum. You know, they, they, they're pushing this thing. It's not going to wind up being, yeah, just two more. Let's make it eight games. It's going to be 12 or it's going to be the whole season or, or who knows, maybe even more than that. So the rumor is that they're going to go and try to get Jimmy G, which is crazy considering that less than a month ago, they traded away and are still paying a giant percentage of uh, of Baker Mayfield's contract, which is owed only to their own screwed up handling of the Baker Mayfield thing. So, of course, Baker Mayfield would never take the field for the Browns again. So they had to deal him away. Jimmy G versus Bake in week one would be super duper funny. But Jimmy G, what, five years, seven years since Brady helped him out he didn't want Jimmy G to have to play back up to him and they shared an agent and that wasn't fair to Jimmy who's a talented kid so ship him all the way across football America get him out of my hair send him to San Francisco if Jimmy G ends up the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers which would be funnier Hedge wait a minute Jimmy G ends up the starting QB of when Brady retires what are they gonna do Kyle Trask well What's funny is that, you know, we've all we've all assumed as Brady engineers his own, you know, bucket list, like he can just do whatever he wants. I mean, he's 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 doing the toad right now. Um, Obviously, the Niners have always has always seemed like Brady's ultimate like that's where he'd love to, you know, win his last Super Bowl, do the Montana thing. Uh, And so so engineering Garoppolo's 
by the way, that fucking trade. I mean, Garoppolo hasn't been a world beater, but you know, he had that gaudy one win loss record. Brady, like he may have engineered the trade, but the second round pick that they were able to flip into Muhammad Sanu, the worst wide receiver statistically in NFL history, like, holy shit, you just gave away a starting quarterback for nothing, for nothing. Anyway, it would be pretty great if uh, Jimmy G ended up back in Brady's shadow. (laughs) They retire Brady's number. (laughs) He's got Jimmy G's. Jimmy G's three for eleven at halftime with a pick when they retire Brady's number. What? If, what really? What if they? What if the the Bucks got so desperate they're like, wow, the old man who we thought we had for one more year is gone, and we can't do this because this roster is Super Bowl ready. Otherwise, let's go get Trey Lance. They trade Trey Lance for for Tom Brady and Brady. Then there's a QB battle between Jimmy G and uh, Tommy B for the starting gig. See, this is fun to talk about. Or maybe if if Brady retires, you know who else he might really recall? You know they would call maybe, probably not, but it's conceivable based on everybody. Everything it's all based on relationships. Bruce Arians might be inclined to blow in a call to one Big Ben Roethlisberger. Man, want to give it one more shot? Seven. How how much, honestly, how much does Ben Roethlisberger weigh right now? <laughs> it's got to be close to 400 pounds. I mean, nothing oh, yeah. to play for. Nothing to play for. How angry would you be if you saw a picture of, of uh, Seven and he was in shape for the first time in 20 years? He's like, hey, you know, I got to start taking care of myself. I'm not getting any younger. It's like your point about Kyler Murray. Like, what if Kyler Murray is suddenly really good? Then you got to be like, hey, Kyler, thanks for the first uh, good few years there. But, man, we should have been maybe challenging for Super Bowls if you would have hit the books a little harder there, pal. Um, Yeah, it's like. Speaking (laughs) of Kyler Murray. Okay, so that that, that NFC. No, TLCs, they're making a show about Ben Roethlisberger, my 600-pound life in retirement. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. So, they're on board. So. I've been looking at those those win those over under win totals in the in the NFC West, and it's like every time I look at at the uh, the cards, Seahawks and Niners, I'm like, God, it just seems like the Rams have a you know like I, why wouldn't the Rams win that division again? And then and then you see the uh, you just see the headline, oh yeah, Matt Stafford's elbow, he, he's just um, he's just gonna have to deal with the pain. It's just going to hurt every time he throws. That's that's just that's the way it's going to be from here on out. So I mean, I, I really the the Rams number is ten, and I just feel like they seem like the class of that division. I don't I, I don't know. You know, it seems like everyone else has had a, a, an event or a roster move. Obviously, Russell Wilson that has has pushed them in the other direction. You know, may, maybe maybe Trey Lance is the is the exception who's who figures it out right away. But that Rams over 10 seems attractive. I said maybe a month or so ago that they they feel like it's weird. How often is a is a Super Bowl the reigning Super Bowl champ kind of slept on? I'm with you. And Jeff Schwartz made a great uh, provided a great bit of pushback. I wasn't even thinking about Stafford at this point. He said, you know, I'm all about star power. It's like really pro football operates very much like fantasy football does at this point. It's not a bad thing to 
have a you know a massive percentage of your cap consumed by you know six or eight guys you know a star power team is not a terrible way to operate in in today's uh, nfl um but if they uh, you know they're real thin you know they're th- that's the people always say how do the rams do it how do they have all these stars just rolling through there now they have Allen robinson and maybe they'll still get obj back to go with cooper cup and so much so much stuff if those guys start getting hurt, they really are thin. And it is, and obviously injuries are going to happen. You're, I mean, what, again, three weeks away, and we can be, you know, cavalier about like, they did elbow surgery. I mean, he's just QB. He's got, they're resting his elbow. And then we're supposed to, like, the, the, the evidence that offsets that theoretically is like, but yeah, but look at him throwing those uh, good passes in camp. Like, they show two or three passes, so it's not a concern. I'm spooked by that one. Uh, absolutely. He's the starting quarterback and he's not, he's not 27 either. He's got a lot of wear and tear on that arm. He's had his injuries. I, I hear what you're saying. I would love him if it weren't for that news about Stafford's elbow as it is though. Um, I like that week one matchup, the bills. It is now up to two and a half. The visiting bills, um, are laying two and a half. I assume because of those elbow injuries, that's a huge game, but at least it's interconference. I don't mind these two heavyweight teams matching up. You have no, you have no problem with the dolphins hosting the Patriots in week one. That's too soon. Hench. That's not a, you don't want that. Do you? Yeah. You get that, get that shitty loss in Miami out of the way. You start to regroup. Um, I don't mind it. I don't, I like the big, I like the, I like it. I like getting, hitting the ground running. Uh, now speaking of now, which. I, I, say I could have a nice, I could have a nice ramp up game. If they could play like a, you know, a, a Mountain West team or something like that before they have to play divisional games. So that would be good with me. Raiders, Chargers, Chargers are laying four, picking up where they left off in week 18. Chargers, I have made it clear now, my pick to win the uh, to win the AFC West there. If that counts as bold, I don't know what. Maybe this counts as bold. I have gone through all the records now, Hench and Spaghetti and everybody else. Um, I have uh, I have penned as much for you. You can track it down on social media at Damashek. I've laid out all the records, but I'll just spoiler alert. I'll tell them to you. The Chargers are going to go twelve and five this year. Roll through their schedule. They have a chance to be five and two, six and one going into their bye. Um, the team that I was all set to put in last place i we've talked a lot about the chiefs and and the um the regression that they're going to have and the spin that everybody's put on it is like this was a savvy move to move on from tyreek hill and don't you see now they're a different team but but better and deeper with sky Moore and juju and mvs and all of that don't buy that jive it's bad a guy who is tracking towards the hall of fame was just traded away and you want me to believe that the chiefs are going to be as good if not better that's jive they're going to take a step back (laughs) and by the way it's all owed to the thing that we have talked about forever is that once you pay your superstar quarterback once he gets off his rookie deal and he starts making 45 50 million dollars then you don't have the ability to make luxury purchases like Frank Clark, which is what he was three years ago when they brought him into KC. Now he's the albatross contractually that probably kept them from uh, keeping Tyreek Hill. These are the things that happen to heavyweight teams once you have your star QB and all of that. So the team that I thought was going to maybe feel to me like, eh, they're a little overhyped. I started to really get, get through the Denver Broncos. 
I think they're a 10 win team this year. Bet them over their season uh, win total of nine and a half. I like the Broncos and talk about spin that we've gotten away with that's gone on a little bit too long. I think we've talked ourselves into Russell Wilson being washed up. He's a 34 year old man. How say you on on uh, on Russell Wilson? I think five years from now we're talking about like, well, obviously he's a Hall of Famer. Totally agree. Um, are do people are really people really suggesting he's he's? I oh mean, yeah, really suggesting he's washed up. Gosh. Uh, oh he, yeah, look at look at that. Oh, it's not just Pete Carroll. The last couple of years, it's been a downward trajectory and all of that. I mean, the offensive line is everything to me. And uh, and he's going to have a, a, a really great one as opposed to a really atrocious yeah, one. Like and he he was, I don't think, you know, it wasn't it wasn't I mean, obviously he was ducking immediately in Seattle, but I don't think it didn't look like he was wasn't moving well or there was anything physically wrong with him. He's just getting he's just under siege. So I I agree with you that that re- reports of, of his eyes are exaggerated. Um, I do think, you know, that that you don't love having a weapon go down for the season in the preseason, obviously Tim Patrick uh, getting hurt is just kind of alarming. I still think that that division is too loaded. You know, I was looking at the Raiders eight and a half and I'm like, okay, I'm like you, I'm on the chargers. I'm already in on the chargers to win the Super Bowl. I think that team is dynamite. So then I'm down on the chiefs and I just bet them under 10 and a half wins um, and then I've got these other two, these the, the Broncos and Raiders that I do think finish three, four in that division. Is it eight wins? Is it nine wins? I don't see the Broncos winning 10 games um, in that division. Um, but, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine for the, the Raiders and Broncos, uh, you know, but I I do think it's not it's not inconceivable that the Chiefs go eight and nine and finish last in that division. I mean, that schedule, every time you look at it, it looks worse. It's, it's crazy how, how hard their schedule is. Um, and, and again, losing the guy that blows the roof off the defense. Uh, how could it not matter? You've got, again, a singular, right. you've got a singular player who presents all these problems and he's gone. By the way, that's exactly a, right. A right. Team with a quarterback who, who, it is the least likely to benefit from from having that missile because he cannot reach him with his pea shooter. It, that that is a funny bit of irony. Um, yeah, it's just a weird place for Mahomes. So they figured out. So the league figured out his superpower, which was pretty obvious. Um, hitting those deep balls to the fastest guy the NFL's ever had. You know the idea that like. Oh, Andy Reid will figure it out. Yeah, he'll figure it out. I bet. I, I don't think they're gonna, you know, go five and twelve or anything. Um, it's not ultimately an insult to say that I have them around nine and eight, especially given the the schedule they have and how rugged the division is. And um, you know, they've won six straight divisions. These the 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 lack of imagination is what it's uh, is about. It's like. Well, but the Chiefs have won it six years in a row. Yeah, nobody wins the division forever. Nobody wins. Nobody. The New York Yankees of the 50s well, into well, the 60s. Of the well, 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 OK, you did get 11. It's true. <laughs> but the difference is the level of competition within the division. And again, um, the point that I keep making about the AFC West is and you saw this in the NFC North or teams tried to do this, at least with Aaron Rodgers, is and I think the AFC West has done a better job of doing this. They're not just generically 
better than they were the last couple of years. They're specifically built to beat the Chiefs. They're, they're, they're The pieces that they have defensively are intended to slow down Reed and Mahomes and that offense. And so they've already kind of won because they, they were like, well, Tyreek Hill isn't as relevant as he was for our offense two years ago. So I guess maybe we could move on from him. The biggest hey, game, so speaking let, of the let's game. Go ahead. Real quick, sorry, real quick, because I because we kind of backed into it. So, you know, you, the point about the Patriots winning the division for, for 50 years, you know, you're, you're right. Like the quarterbacks that Brady was going up against – it wasn't it wasn't Herbert Mahomes, Russell Wilson, right. and Derek Carr. Like there, there are more good quarterbacks in the AFC West right now than there were in the AFC East for Brady's entire career in New England. It's crazy. <laughs> That's literally it's, true. It's fucking nuts. So on that point, as we've his stiffest competition came from Sanchez and the Jets. And from Ryan Tannehill, the guy who had his number more than anyone else had the Patriots number within the division was Ryan Tannehill. That's it. That's exactly right. So the comparison's like Patriots won 11. I don't think you understand that Mahomes is a generational talent like Tom Brady. Tom Brady won 11 in a row. Brady had a different level of competition in the division than Mahomes is going to catch this year. Yes. So so. Speaking about those terrible quarterbacks and crime and punishment, you know, so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Are you allowed to take classified documents and then just keep them? And then when they say we need those back, you go, you can have these back. And then they go, well, we're going to subpoena you for those. You're talking about Spygate again. Oh, 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 you're talking. I'm sorry. Video documents. Hey, fuck off. I don't I don't agree with this or whatever. Like, I don't know what. But anyway, there is there are like. There is street law, right? And so I read that Geno Smith story about getting his jaw broken. And it is this weird thing where you're like, he owed the guy 600 bucks. Okay, so when you owe someone 600 bucks, he's not going to take you to people's court. Like there's no law, like what law, what law can you, I need my 600 bucks back. And if the guy just big times you and tells you to fuck off in perpetuity, totally fine with breaking his jaw. Totally fine with Geno Smith getting his jaw broken in that. Like, there's no like in stand up comedy, you know, you go up on stage, you do your jokes. The guy who goes up after you, he can just steal your jokes. There's no copyright law in stand up comedy. There's only one. What do you do if someone steals your jokes? Oh, you got to hit him. You got to fight him. In, in the green room. Like what? Like, yeah, that's the law of stand-up comedy. So it's like Geno Smith owes what's I, I what's the guy's name? I he's crazy. I can't initials. think of it either, but yeah. You know, but and so so he's like, give me my money. And then Geno Smith's like, go fuck yourself. What's when I was reading that story though, because of course Geno is is on a much higher deal than a sixth round draft pick, you know, a, a special teamer. And it's like, it's six hundred bucks. Like, that's not uh, I picked up the cab fare. Like you owe me 20 bucks. Like it's like it's 600 bucks. And what it made me think of is our crazy fantasy league where, and you know, and the email goes out, everybody owes so-and-so. And it's like, here's how much you owe. Oh, and what happened? And I'm Polly. I K N M Polly. Yes. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so the email goes out like, hey, so-and-so won the league and you owe him 200 and you owe him 550 or whatever. And it's like, um, okay, our league, okay, so 23 years ago or whenever we started it, we were just all bums 
like for whom obviously like 500 bucks or fucking two grand, like that, you know, that got you through to the next rent check. Like we were all just, you know, hustling paycheck to paycheck. But in the subsequent two decades, our league has become so insanely financially stratified. I mean, it really is like you could write a book about like um, the concentration of wealth in America through the lens of our fantasy football league. Like, obviously, we have someone in our fantasy football league who we suspect. Wait a second. This might, I, you may have just exposed unnecessarily an unforced air. Oh, you can't get kicked out. I was going to say, because I kicked you out last year, so you're not eligible to be kicked out this year again. Dang it. Because I was going to try to catch you on that. It might make Ham angry if, do you think, so... Simmons would be number one in in uh, wealth, right? Right. Over Ham. Yeah. You, or what, is Hench over Ham? No, 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 no. Hench is Hench is doing fine. Uh, no yeah. complaints. But uh, um, that Top Gun loot is spending good. We, it's funny. We went. We actually went to dinner at the Four Seasons on Hawaii on the Big Island. Now. White Lotus shot at the Four Seasons on Maui. You know, it was during it was during COVID. It was really brilliant. Like, hey, I bet we can get that location for a song because everything is closed down. White Lotus was obviously amazing. I suspect we're in an Airbnb up in the jungle. It's pretty amazing. But I think Hammy would stay at the White Lotus. You know, whereas the Hench family still still looking to to save a buck here or there. But anyway, the point is our league is. Is has that sixth round draft pick versus starting quarterback contract where it's like, you know, the email goes out to basically like, hey, guy with no money, you owe guy with a hundred million dollars, three hundred and thirty eight dollars because you because the waiver wire, you owe you owe, you owe twenty dollars for the waiver wire. Like it's it's so nuts. It, it is the class system of the U.S. really playing itself out because you say it's the top. There, there's, there are other people that if you win the league, something you're not familiar with. Uh, but, you know, as somebody who repeatedly does win it, there are those who reach out like, hey, can you give me a pass? Can you give me a, can we work out a payment plan? Whereas <laughs> there are other people, as we say, who uh, are deciding between the White Lotus Hotel and, and, and Airbnb you know, on purpose. But it is weird. I think this is how Geno Smith was looking at it because he's looking at six hundred bucks, like whatever. I mean, you know, I've I've spent that at Olympic Gardens in half an hour. Like I'm not. I what six hundred dollars? <laughs> and so there is a weird point where you know you if you owe the money to to one of the whales, not not only do you know he doesn't need it. But there's a good chance it's not really on his radar, <laughs> except for the part that it's like, that's what makes it fun, right? That's that's what, you know, there, there has to be this exchange anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It's less I, than I mean, ideal if you're the lead for all the for for all the borderline militaristic talk that we from Kellen Winslow Jr. on down about soldiering, like from Dan Campbell, I I find it a little off putting, you know, that the, the association of of football guys, million, uh, you know, multimillionaires and, and uh, the, the talk about the grind and paying all, all the, the, the sweat and pay all that kind of stuff. 
whatever. It's fine. It's cute. It's cute rhetoric, I think. Um, but yeah, we, the, the, the Gino, it, it's less an ideal to be a leader of men in the locker room to be Gino. And, and there's so little regard for him. Someone's willing to slug him. Same goes for Jared Goff. You're the lead. You're, you're the quarterback there. You're one of 32 human beings and hard knock finds you so uninteresting. They, they barely point a camera at you. Bad start to the year on that level. If you're Well, it is, it is funny. Like if you think of what's the opposite of buying Rolexes for the offensive line, it's like not paying a teammate. You owe $600 to. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like those gestures that have been invoked in the, in the Deshaun defense is like, you know, he's a generous guy, you know, it's like, wow. Talk about anti-leadership. Uh, well, first of all, the story, which is is undisputed, um, is is that he was going to go to the guy's football camp. The reason he owed him six hundred bucks oh, is because right. the guy paid for the twelve hundred bucks for for air flight, you know, for plane and lodging. And then Gino was a no show. So right out of the gate, your your leadership douchebag quotient is off the charts. Like you you told a teammate you you would do him a solid. And then you said, ah, fuck it. I changed my mind. I don't know. I was hung over, whatever. Then he's like, well, can we split that? Like, I don't want to be out to 1200 for you stiffing me. And then they, he, which is already like, you're, you, it should be like, I'm so sorry. Uh, here's two grand and, and, and 55 signed footballs for the kids. Like you, if you're a leader, right. You feel terrible about that. Gino goes, uh, uh, yeah, sure. We can split it. Um, you'll get, you'll get your 600 bucks on the fifth of never <laughs> fucking douchebag. <laughs> and then the story, you know, Brandon Marshall, like is quoted throughout the story. He was a big Gino fan, but like, it's like this idea that, um, his career would have been different if he doesn't get his jaw broken before becoming, you know, being the starting quarterback. It's like, um, yeah. Uh, Rodney Harrison torpedoed Trent Green's knee in the preseason and, you know, paved the way for Kurt Warner's incredible career. But then Trent Green got well and had an amazing career and, and was by, you know, I have won a fantasy championship with Trent Green as my QB in KC. Did you really? Uh, wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Trent Green hasn't thrown a football in 15 years, but uh, kudos facts. to you. Facts are facts. My <laughs> name, if we could find the fucking trophy you lost, my team name is on it somewhere in the early days of the league. Anyway, so the Not such a like, fun fact, but I, I walked uh, the future Mrs. Trent Green down the aisle at a friend's wedding um, around about 95. So like as, as groomsman and bridesmaid? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very fun fact. Anyway, so the point is, yeah, Trent Green, you know, got a filthy hit and was out and Kurt Warner got to win a Super Bowl. But then Trent Green rehabbed and was a good NFL quarterback. Geno Smith having his jaw broken, the idea that like this changed NFL history. No, 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 no. He was fine. And he's just not very good. That's that's the reality. We have to go through that at some point. Maybe we don't have to go through it, but I really would love for someone more ambitious than I. I'd, I'd be happy to read it. I don't want to do the actual legwork on this, though. But I, that always hits my ear weird. It, baseball, well, it, really any of this. Basketball, you don't hear it as much. But hockey's like, 
this kid's going to be good. He just, he's got to get, um, we got to get him up to speed to be our goaltender. It's like, he's too young. He's not ready for NHL play yet. Why? Cause, cause you don't want to shake his confidence. It'll ruin him. Pitchers. You always hear that. Like you can't put him in quarterback. No, you got quarterback. At least it's like the speed. You always hear about that. The The game speed is, is just your, you, it takes a minute to adjust to it for most human beings. But that thing of like, we got to hold them back a little bit. Um, for his emo- for, for emotional value is a weird one. I wonder how true that actually is. Like Mickey Mantle famously got sent down, right? Like he was bad. They sent Willie him Mays. down for a minute and they brought Willie him back. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I, we had this, this, this thread, Red Sox, the Red Sox fan thread, where it was like, you know, the Red Sox called up Jeter Downs and it was like, they're going to destroy his confidence. He's not ready. Um, He's hitting 165 in AAA. Like he sucks. There's no, there's no confidence. Yes. He's not ready for the big, the big leagues, not ready for the show. Guess what else he's not ready for triple a or double a he's fucking terrible. We didn't get a nickel on the dollar for Mookie Betts. We got zero, uh, you know, on, on the dollar Verdugo's a serviceable kind of a fourth outfielder type, but like Jeter Downs is a bum. And it's like, first of all, if he had any confidence to shatter, then he's a sociopath because he's hitting 165 in AAA. I would hope he has no confidence. <laughs> I wonder though, but really, I was just like, oh, this kid, this kid is a phenom. He is going to be between the pipes for the next decade or 15 years. He's two, two, still two years away from the NHL though. Like he's got, got to get, why well, would put him in now if he's so good? Um, all right, last thing. I, I gotta go. I gotta pre- go. Wrap it up. You gotta, gotta go. go. I want you to go. Packers, Vikings. This is, uh, I hate these games. The Vikes host the Packers. Vikes at home are a two point dog. I think this is an interesting play to make right now. Take the Vikings plus two. Get in on it now because the number will change if the Packers, the Packers are gonna wind up with, um, it, it, it's looking more and more like they're not going to have either of their offensive tackles to start the season. That feels bad against a talented defense, a team that's going to be jazzed up for their coach's debut. I Kirk Cousins, I'm in on all the jokes and everything. Um, I like that Vikes team, especially in week one. Also, uh, it because it, from the other side, if the Packers win that one, it's like the division's a wrap. If, if the Vikes are 0-1 with a, a loss at home within the division against the team that they have to catch to win the division, it's kind of like the Bears ain't going to do it and the Lions ain't going to do it. I like the Vikes in this one. That's, I like uh, that's a little projection. This will be my last thought. I will just, Go I'm ahead. just going to, I'm going to sign out. Like, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, I don't That'll know if it's fun. an Irish goodbye or a French leave. I don't like that racist you stuff. You got red hair. That's fine. But, you know, so just exactly like the Ty- Tyree Kill thing. It's like, um, does losing the best wide receiver in your conference matter? Because the Vikings right. have the best wide receiver in the conference. So, so I, like we're just right there. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, I, I, I like where your head's at, and I, I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna say goodbye. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get in on that right now. Vikings week one at home over the Packers. There he goes. The great Kevin Hench. Enjoy Hawaii. Aloha to him, Eddie Spaghetti. That's uh that's a wrap. I, I was gonna say your thoughts there. You wanna get in on anything that uh that you heard there that caught your ear that you feel uh compelled to weigh in on beyond 
Of course, don't miss Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacente on Thursday on Waiver Wired. What time are you getting going again there, Spaghetti? Yeah, we were supposed to go Wednesday uh, at 2. It's going to probably be our normal time. But, like, hey, Jen is a very busy person. Not only is she getting ready for fantasy football, she's also still doing uh, fantasy baseball and, fan- and baseball betting and stuff. So we're going today, Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to get into okay. running backs. You should draft uh, early round, mid round, late round. Guys overvalued, guys undervalued. Very, very crucial show to your draft because we all know running backs are, are scarce here. Um, the one thing that I would comment on, I know our, our pal Nick Costas did actually tweet this and kind of was my thought too because we've seen Tom Brady, like stuff floated like, oh, is it a, a COVID thing he's hiding? Is there trouble in paradise with Giselle? Whatever it is. To me, it's like, I just thought it's like, well, the guy's, what, 45 years old? Like, he doesn't want to practice. He's not going to play in any preseason games. No starting quarterback really is. He showed up, you know, did a few weeks of practice, you know, understands the system, understands the new players they have. And then he's going, okay, you know, I, I did what I have to do here. This is, you know, my 20-whatever training camp. I'm not going to play in the preseason probably, if at all, maybe a quarter or a drive in the third game. So he says, I'm going to miss, you know, the first two games, whatever it is, and I'll see you guys soon. So I, I think sometimes the simplistic reason is a little bit better in this case than maybe the conspiratorial one that's fine but there have been plenty weird stories about brady that are slow burns and sure like, wait, he did what wait this is for sure his last Dolphins. year this is it's his last bizarre year. stuff and also so much of his success based on his own tale and the pass catchers he had boy he just worked so long about like developing that chemistry over and over again julio jones is brand new like it's it, they have no chemistry to speak of. It's a, it's a weird story. I, I, I saw Costo say that. I completely get it. Maybe it is nothing. It's just a guy who's in his mid-40s who has a uh, wife and kids and everything else. I don't know. There's something fishy about that one. Um, but anyhow, all right. Go listen to that episode from earlier in the week with Costos. We deep dive on pro football. Some great uh, stuff from him there. Make sure you track down extra points. Rob Parker visited on Thursday. Marty Weiss, Cousin Sal, and I. Great baseball talk. Great uh, game of life talk there. In fact, consume all the great products at Extra Points Network. Go to extrapoints.com and check it all out there. Uh, Waiver Wired coming at you in a wee little bit. Hopefully, there's still time for you to catch it live. If not, no worries. Go back and track it down. Listen to it on your own time. And I guess that's a wrap for this week. We'll talk to you on the other side of the weekend when we'll be that much closer to pro football and college football action. Can't wait for that. I hope no one gets hurt on your favorite team or, in fact, across the league with maybe some asterisks that Hench threw out earlier in the show. Um, so, for Eddie Spaghetti, Kevin Hench, everybody at Extra Points, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>